People binge shows all the time. Girls like ourselves devour them. Children are put to bed early by their parents, hopefully to not be seen again that night. Housewives take the grocery money and invest in stars to watch seasons five. All episodes are consumed. Eventually. Woo. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take those extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Lady of That Thirsty Lake, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome, welcome. Hi, I'm your ginger host, Colleen McMillan. The end of the season was something. Like, I'm going to need a bigger drink because, (laughs) dang. Mm. Yeah, that was intense. Bonjour, everyone. It's your favorite French lassie, Flo Siegel. And I have to agree with that. We're going to be getting into it this episode because this was intense. So the BGS ladies, through many very thirsty discussions, decided to let you in on what has been a series of frantic text exchanges and begin a detailed dorky dive into the sexy historical world of Diana Gabledon's Outlander, a star's show adapted from novels. And today, this is the end, you guys. This is the end, the the final countdown. I know, until (laughs) the next season comes. So this is it. This is goodbye. Um, Be warned, we will be talking heavily and today really quite heavily about mature content um, as well as discussing sensitive topics such as sexual violence and rape. So make sure the barons are out of earshot. With that, je suis prêt for a recap of episodes 7 through 12 of season 5. Cinco. So to kick things off, Brianna sees Roger off to war after he sings the lovely little ditty, My Darling Clementine. Off elsewhere at a British camp, Jamie and Claire celebrate his 50th birthday with some birthday sex. Unfortunately, the Regulator Rebellion reaches a boiling point and Jamie is finally forced to face his fears and confront the consequences of his divided loyalties. Fortunately, history buff Brianna remembers crucial details about the Battle of Almanance Creek causing Roger to risk his safety and go behind enemy lines to talk to Murtaugh and to save some of his ancestors, or at least he's trying to. Yeah. Jamie enters the battle in a British uniform, and though he looks good, we hate to see it. That was awful. Yeah, but he does look really good. He looks really good. He looks really fly. Man knows how to wear a jacket. (laughs) Man, does red look good on him. Woohoo! And even better off, let me tell you what. Amen. When a regulator tries to shoot Jamie, Murtaugh saves his life only for one of Jamie's soldiers to shoot Murtaugh immediately afterwards, which was absolutely tragic. Tragic. Jamie brings Murtaugh to Claire, but he is already dead. Jamie declares his obligation to the crown finished and throws that red coat at Tryon's feet. His heart is broken. Mm-hmm. The episode ends on a cliffhanger with Roger being possibly hanged to death. Yeah, dude, what a cliffhanger. That was, ins- I mean, obviously I don't like Roger, but I still don't want him to be hanged. <laughs> no, yes. that was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh my. Especially after so just weird. seeing Murtaugh die and then having that, it's like too much. Yeah. This was That's a brutal off. end of a season. Like just yeah. the last six episodes were just brutal, 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 brutal. A hundred percent. Very strong, but still just like getting punched in the face every single episode. Yeah. Was, was not super fun. 
Oh man. Yeah. After all of my crying and having to take a break from watching that episode, next up, the Brazers are forced to come to terms with all that has changed in the aftermath of the Battle of Alamance. Roger was hanged mm-hmm. these, at the hands of Governor Tryon, who wasn't paying attention. He was just like, yeah, hang some people. It's fine. That seems great. But he survived. He got his hand kind of up in the rope, so it didn't quite, it didn't break his neck and he didn't Ugh. completely choke. Oh, but he is seriously traumatized and his vocal cords are damaged. Yeah. Much of the episode focuses on his pain and the recovering from the hanging. In fact, this was also another tough look when Marsley tries to like kind of up his spirits by reading his tarot cards. Roger's card keeps coming up the hanged man. So yeah, bad. Marsley, Awkward stop. turtle. Stop. Just don't do this anymore. Naturally, Brianna tries to help him heal physically and mentally, but it's going to be a long battle. The episode was incredibly sad. It was yeah. awful. Like no matter how much we drag on Roger, this was horrific and was it was really well done it was very beautiful but it was just mm, that silent movie theme that kept repeatedly showing rogers hanging was so brutal i was not prepared for it i was surprised that they kept showing it time and time again because i mean the the message sunk in that was like the very ptsd symptom anything could trigger it and then it would just keep replaying in his head it's like oh this is very very realistic to what somebody would probably be feeling in this instance but it was really tough to watch we do get a little bit of happiness kind of (laughs) later in the episode claire and jamie are playing with jemmy in the woods and here comes young ian looking great he looks really good guys friends young ian is a smoke show yeah you don't get it Yet it after staying with the Mohawk for so long. Like, I have, I have never heard the phrase smoke show. Can you please define Nuh-uh. smoke show for us? Yeah, I've never heard smoke show. Like I can hot- I can kind of guess by context clues, but please he's, define. He's a hottie. He's a hottie. He's a smoke show. I mean, those Fraser jeans are strong. Hello, the seed is strong. <laughs> yes, yes. That kind of maturity looks very good on him because oh he was really God. sweet. And, and the hair and the yeah. muscles and the I like the dots on his face yeah his tattoos the whole package just looks great it's like hey what's up young Ian and what's Rolo up? of course the dog not so Rolo. young Ian yeah hello <laughs> <laughs> but of course it can't be happy for the show ever he isn't yeah. the same he too like Jamie and Roger are haunted by something that has happened to him and sadly he contemplates suicide which was tough. The whole episode, people were like, oh, is it Roger who took the hemlock root and is going to try and kill himself? Oh, no, it's young Ian. He kind of brews it into a tea. And Roger, luckily, thank you, Roger, for coming through, just comes yeah. in and full on soccer kicks that tea kettle out of the fire. It's like, yes, because young Ian would have died. Yep. And that, that I was not here for that. Then Roger coming in clutch again, the first time really speaking since the hanging like he'd said a few things but nothing conversationally really and this was just him like really coming out for his bro yeah Yeah. we have experienced something awful and we can help each other here and he tells Ian this part was really sweet that he saw Brianna's face when he thought he was going to die and that's kind of what kept him going and trying to live was like (laughs) 
And so that's after this and their little heart to heart, they finally return home and Roger finally speaks to Brianna after three months. He was quiet. Was like, that's oh. a long time. That's a long time. I mean, yeah, it was so long. Here's my thing. Like, very sweet, Roger. We're here for you this episode. Well done, my dude. However, you saw Brianna's face and then you like gave her the cold shoulder for three months. Like when you could have talked, at least be like, hey, I love you. Like you kept me going. I just like need a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I need a three months. <laughs> three month minute. So <laughs> give that to me and then we're good. That's um, but yeah, this, thing, this was a tough one. I, I will say, I also really loved the uh, silent movie aspect for sure. I thought it was really, really, really well done, mm-hmm. um, especially because his life was so silent because he wasn't speaking. And so right. like, it was just, it was really, really, really nice. I wasn't expecting that at all. Ooh. It was a cool shift. Mm-hmm. And this is not going to be the only time today that we talk about that kind of yeah. dual, dual look where we're dealing with someone's trauma and almost trying to, I don't want to say soften the blow for the viewer, but to at least give some breathing room from the trauma that is just seeping into everything in the episode. It gives them a concept that they can attach to instead of just having to watch pain. Right. Again, it's, it's the battle fatigue kind of thing, even though the silent movie was the battle part you still got to step away from that occasionally and see other things like the paper airplane. I loved that. How Brie was talking about the paper anniversary for yes. engineering. Here we go. We're going to, we get a little engineering from her here. And then when he throws it off the cliff, it was, he's like, I'm letting go now. Like I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And of course, young Ian's like, I saw you at the cliff. You were going to jump. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, it's Can't funny. we pretend that airplanes in the night sky are like, shooting stars stars. (laughs) i mean if we're gonna quote songs i'm gonna start singing birthday sex for uh, the last episode (laughs) that's true that's true all right should we move on to episode nine yes please all right so episode nine is all about surviving at fraser's ridge which is not that easy (laughs) apparently not yeah so tragically jamie is bit by a poisonous snake when they're hunting bison um, Roger tries to suck the poison out of Jamie's thigh, which is super gross. Ooh. And actually, like, my dad did that when I got stung by a bee one time, and it freaked me out then, and it freaked me out here, too. <laughs> so, a little vampire action going on. Um, and for once in Jamie's life, he does not look good. Like, he's looking really rough as the poison takes hold in his system. Um, despite Roger and Jamie thinking that he dies in a fire at Fraser's Ridge, Jamie believes that he is going to die here. So Jamie asks Roger to kill Stephen Bonnet if he does die. Um, this was tough. Like for like a smidge, I also thought he was going to die here. I was like, wait, are we changing the past now? Like, is this what's happening? <laughs> is this how we do it? And Roger's the only one with him. Jesus. I mean, come on, Roger. <laughs> Seriously. Um, when they reunite with Claire, she fears that she doesn't have the medicine to save him. And like, if Claire can't do it, nobody can do it. So yeah. that's pretty obvious to us as the viewer. She's I really we're scared. I really liked how Jamie said, like, the fact that you're not yelling at me makes me really, yeah. really nervous because yes. because I know that it's super serious. Yep, exactly. And the issue, I was wondering how this was going to come back in from the last episode. But when Mr. Brown, that utter douchebag, crushed Claire's syringe full of penicillin, which is exactly what Jamie would have needed. I was like, how, how is this going to tie in? And here it is tying in. It's crushed. This sucks ass yeah. yes 
But that's not all, folks. She may have to amputate his leg. <laughs> Ugh. Really high up, too, on the thigh. like that. Super high up. So that was a problem. And then the bison attack. So lots of things going on. <laughs> of course bison would attack. Like locust, and then sometimes there's bison, and then sometimes there's snakes. It's like all the plagues, you know? It's the <laughs> it's the ranch plagues. Um, so Lizzie and Jemmy are out doing laundry when the bison shows up and prepares to charge Jemmy. And I was like, no, thank you. We're not losing Jemmy here. This is horrible. So Brianna, she does like the super mom courage thing, and she just like makes herself big and yells until the beast turns its focus on her and then tosses her into the air. And I was like, no. And then Claire shoots the bison. So that was great. Brianna should, Brianna should be way more hurt. You guys. Yeah. She should be way more. I mean, she has the adrenaline going, but like after a couple of minutes, oh, she should be like ragdolled. Like, I'm done now. My body is now done. I love how Claire just Oregon trailed that bison though. Oh, way yeah. to go. Way to go, mama. She crushed it. But even that's not all. Because this episode is full of stuff. Marcelie's out in the woods and she ends up giving birth to a healthy baby girl with Fergus's help, which was so sweet. Mm -hmm. And finally, Brianna saves the day. She uses her engineering skills to fashion a syringe out of the snake's fang. And that saves Jamie. Thank freaking goodness. <laughs> Wild. Oh my God, that part was insane because I was like, where's the snake head? Roger, yeah. put it in his pocket for a reason. It's going to come up again. Yeah, I then... totally. I just like I couldn't figure out how they were going to be bringing it back. I thought like maybe they were going to do some like voodoo or something with it. I was just like, I don't know what's happening. But she here we go. This Anti-venom like she doesn't have the stuff yes. to make that. <laughs> I don't know. I so pretty any much anytime a Fraser carries around a head, we shouldn't be alarmed because it's a plot point about to happen. Exactly. <laughs> They're exactly. getting ahead of the plot, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> well played, Sarah. Well played. <laughs> well, next up is one of our least favorite people. Stephen Bonnet continues conspiring to get his son back from Brianna with Forbes. Meanwhile, Jamie has fully recovered from his snake bite, and they head to Wilmington to meet with Bonnet. But things go wrong, and Bonnet doesn't show up. Instead, he sends some of his associates, aka henchmen, that right. are unable to give the Frasers any information about where Bonnet may be. Meanwhile, Claire and Brianna are busy trying to get a new syringe made in town because, I mean, snake fangs can only cut it for so long. On the beach, Bonnet arrives to talk to Bri about, quote unquote, their son. He, of course, holds Kate or Claire at knife point and knocks her unconscious. Mm. She awakens to discover her daughter has been freaking kidnapped. None of which happens until the sixth book and Brie wakes up to a nightmare, as do we. She's being held hostage by her rapist who wants to, her to teach him how to be a gentleman so that he'll fit into society better when he, Brie, and Jemmy apparently move into River Run. What... What the bleep I, is this? Do you want to talk about it now? I want to talk about it now. Man, about it now. Man like, with a lot of confidence. Like That's big pause. <laughs> Let's this, talk about it now. This was insane sociopathic behavior. Yes. Like this was so scary. So scary. Like, yeah. I mean, as women, I feel like one of our biggest fears, just like as a people, is to be kidnapped by a man and held hostage. Yeah. And like 
have to do crazy things. And this was crazy. Like, yes. he is her rapist. She has intense trauma with this man. She has his child from a rape. And here he is basically saying, like, we're going to be a family, whether you like it or not. And right. you're going to be doing this for me and teaching me how to do, like, all this like normal stuff, like basically teach me how not to be a soci or not act like a sociopath. Yeah. And she's just like, what? You just knocked me out and brought me here and you right. raped me. Like, man, this was, this was really scary. I did not know how she was going to get out of this. Me neither. Well, and he's even scarier than yeah. Black Jack because Black Jack was always menacing. Always. Yeah. Stephen always. Bonnet puts on that face, like the sweet yeah. face and Brie kind of she's still on edge but she thinks that she's kind of fooling him a little bit and it's like girl do not let your guard down for a second just because he looks like that like well there was not <laughs> there was one instance where blackjack randall like lured claire into thinking maybe yes. he had turned over a leaf before he like kicked her in the stomach and all yeah, that with stuff soft spokenness yes so that it reminded me of the same kind of thing like he is a snake who still has his head on his shoulders like mm -hmm. he is something that mm -hmm. needs to be beheaded right well, and well, it plays on his vulnerability too like he uses that story about the men trying to kill him so he yeah. kind of looks vulnerable and it's like no don't fall for that do he's it. just a scary dude because he's like the kind of guy who's gonna be like i love you we can be together we can have everything at river run and be a family and it's like he's he's pretty handsome and he's very charming and it's oh, like yeah. if he hadn't raped her before she probably would have believed that lie and then been stuck in this like horrific abusive life absolutely very scary absolutely man and because Bonnet is a monster, not only does he demand all of this, but he then makes Brianna watch him have sex with his favorite sex worker, Epi. Like, why? Disgusting. Like, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Meanwhile, Forbes arrives at River Run to ostensibly help Jocasta because she wants to give money to her family while she's still alive, which is absolutely great. My grandma says the same thing, like giving with a warm hand. But Forbes doesn't like this because he and Bonnet agreed that Forbes would get 20% of her valuables. So he tries to kill Jocasta by suffocating her with a freaking pillow. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. It's bad habit. Stop it. Was the whole <laughs> time I was like, Ulysses, where are you? Ulysses is going to mess you up. Like, where is he? And thankfully, Freaking Ulysses out. does come in and saves the day by killing Forbes quickly. Rexos. Yes. And he calls Jocasta by her name instead of mistress, which was very, very sweet. Mm -hmm. Like he loves her. You can totally tell. Yeah. Now heading back to Jamie and Claire, who head to the brothel to get information on Bree's whereabouts. They earn Epi's trust by fixing her hip and Jamie and Claire are just able to save Brianna from human trafficking. Again, like mm -hmm. Stephen Bonnet's depths, no, no, no bounds there there is any time you think that you've reached as deep as it could go he gets it one level deeper and it's all in one freaking episode they save her from human trafficking in the nick of time finally unfortunately bonnet is convicted and sentenced to die by drowning which is one of the worst ways to die in my opinion yeah he deserves it yeah however brianna shoots him in the head before that can happen leaving us with roger's question quote was that mercy or was it to make sure that he's dead? 
something that Brianna does not answer. And I think we all know the answer. I think it's both. I think I think it is both, but make sure that he's dead. (laughs) He is dead and done. Because if she really wanted him to feel pain and fear and suffering, she would have let him drown. But then she'd have to sit there forever and wait. Yeah. So then she's like, just get it over with. And he's dead. I think the only mercy came because he's Jemmy's father. She knows that. And I think possibly. Do you think so? I think he is. I think in the book it's been confirmed one way or the other, but I can't remember which way. And it has Sloan. Okay. Well, because in some ways they were hinting, or at least theoretically hinting, that Jemmy was Rogers because of that like stone that cracked in his hands and felt hot, even though it felt cold to some of the other ones. And there was the theory that Jemmy was more likely to be Rogers because he had like double, yeah, extra traveling stone power. I see what you're saying, Flo. I'm just like scientifically speaking, like Roger never came inside of Brianna. So it seems really unlikely, like really unlikely. Um, But yeah, I think that would be the only mercy. I think she just wanted to make sure he was gone and out of her life forever. Oh, for sure. She was right. And out of Jemmy's life. Yes, and out of Jemmy's. Absolutely. Ugh, gross. Well, he's finally gone. Yay. (laughs) Another villain bites the dust. We'll get some more villains soon. Um, way too soon in my way opinion. Too, really soon. <laughs> way like, too soon. They jammed so much plot into this season. It's insane. We um, just talked about this a little bit. We finally learned that Jemmy can travel because he's playing with that stone with yeah. young Ian and he's like, this is hot. <laughs> Please, Uncle Ian, take this back. I don't want it anymore. And once they figure this out, Roger and Bree are like, yeah, we need to leave. Like we need to go home. And Jemmy can talk too, which is of course really cute. But, you know, mysteriously, Claire, Roger, Bree, all touch the stone. It's hot. Jamie and young Ian touch it and it's cold. Yeah. So now we have confirmation that Jamie cannot travel either. Which so Claire again, is not leaving here ever. Which again, return all the way back to season one. Who was that guy then creepily staring at Claire? Right. Who was that lurker? Some Who other traveler. Was- some other traveler <laughs> i think about this literally every day yeah oh, who was tra- it <laughs> he could have been roger depending on because i know he gets like into a time travel snafu where he goes like to the wrong place or something like why would he be dressed like a highlander that's a good question another sloan question staring at claire what a creeper yeah <laughs> he's so creeps he, he goes with another guy, so I think it could be that other dude. But once again, I'm not sure about the creeper aspect. Still weird. Maybe but season crazy. six it's, will solve it. Yeah, it's going to be Jamie somehow, for sure. It has to be. It has, it has, to, be. It has to, be. to be. I would think so. Like, why else would it be kind of weird like that? Yeah. Oh, man. But the time traveling buzzing also happens. So we know, like, then everything is going to come yeah. into place for once and for all. And we said maybe it's because time traveling powers are strong, like really strong within Jemmy, which suggests that Roger is the daddy, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> Probably not, but hopefully. And then Ian, this is one of my favorite parts that has happened on the show. I love when they reveal to someone who Claire really is. Yeah. I think it's always so powerful. Like Murtaugh took it like a champ. He was like, oh, you're yeah. a time traveler? All right. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And Ian's kind of the same way. He grows really suspicious about the stones. And Auntie Claire's powers, they finally tell him the truth. And Ian, he he's like, okay, this sounds fine. Like, you're not a witch. 
but can I also time travel? Yeah, so sad. And they're like, it's not, that's not how it works. We think yeah. that it's hereditary and there's no way that you could possibly do it, which is really said. He puts his hands on the stones later in the episode and it's just like, all he wants to do is go back and change something. We don't really know what yeah. happened yet with his love with the Mohawk. Something awful happened and we don't know yet. Yep. But he obviously wants to go and try and change things and he just can't. So once Bree and Roger kind of make their decision that they're going to leave really soon, it sets off this chain reaction of tearful goodbyes. Like so many goodbyes in this episode, so including our lovely John Gray. Every time he shows up, I'm just like, hey, John, <laughs> what you doing in this episode? He's been heading back to England to help William become a better Earl. And he's taking Ulysses with him. So thank you, yeah. Andre, yes. for saving Ulysses because he would be killed even if he saved Jocasta from a murder. Totally. See, and I was kind of surprised by that. I mean, I don't know all of the rules from back then, but there was that exception when a slave saves someone's Save life. I get, But not from another white man. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Jeez Especially Louise. one that's powerful, like Forbes was. There's like, yeah, he would have been hanged. No matter. So like Jocasta's blind. So like she's a tough witness. Yeah. That's very true, Flo. That's very, very true. So like not only is she blind, but she's a woman and it's back then. Yep. Mm -hmm. They probably would have been like, oh, you're just confused. Ulysses was trying to kill you and Forbes tried to save you. Right. Hmm. Because they wouldn't have evidence that they were gonna that he wanted her fortune anyway. Totally. Yeah. It just wouldn't have worked out. So thank you, John Gray. Awesome. And then he gives Jamie this really cool portrait of Willie, like, oh, it's like, he grows older and he looks more like you. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet, so sweet. Which leads Jamie to tell Bree about her half brother. Like so much truth telling and spilling mm -hmm. of the beans this episode. Like everybody's coming clean. I kind of liked that. A lot of these secrets don't yeah. do any good in the end. I mean, yes, you have to kind of keep the secret that you're a time traveler, but Young Ian proves that he's trustworthy and that he loves his family enough to just get past it, which he does. Yep. I did love this part, their final dinner. <laughs> she makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That was and I was like, they look good. Like those look really good. Jamie, of course, is like, the F is this. <laughs> he's cutting it with his fork and knife. He's very European, Colleen, okay? Yes. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not used to they're not used to this, so he's like, "What is this?" Young Ian digs right in. He's like, "Oh yeah, I like I can get this. This. Yeah, this, this is delicious." But then it's time for traveling through the stones, which Roger, Bree, and Jemmy do. Though it's unclear when or where they arrive, because Roger states ominously, "What's the devil?" Yeah, I was like, yeah. "Oh, is there a road nearby or something? What's happening?" And finally, just because Stephen Bonnet is gone, doesn't mean those Fraser Wood baddies are done. They back. The Browns. I knew these people were going to cause trouble. Yeah. Like the instant they showed up, I'm like, this is not going to be good. In a really terrifying scene, they kill Claire's patient who's just there like getting a checkup done and he tries Ugh. to protect her and they kill him. And then they freaking knock out Marsley who is pregnant. Again, she's she's with the scissors. always pregnant. Yeah, Marsley's always, always pregnant. pregnant. She, she tried to defend Claire, which was awesome. Yeah. Like, get after it, Marsley. Yep. And then they kidnap Claire. And then from our foreshadowy lighting of the beacons from the beginning of the season, 
Jamie runs up to the ridge and lights the fiery cross, calling his bannerman to his aid. Yep. Which was really cool. That scene was really cool. Yeah. But F I hated the break-in. Not about this that goes life. to show they shouldn't have interfered, I suppose, with I mean, at least that one married couple is happy. Or not married couple is happy. <laughs> right. It doesn't yeah, seem worth it. <laughs> no. no. Well, the Bree warned Claire yeah. about the the medicine stuff. She warned her that it could have unforeseen consequences. And here consequences are, and it's horrible. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for this one? I am not ready for this one, but like plot on anyway. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, this this next part and this next episode is really intense. So if you have not watched episode 12, which is uh, titled A Safe Place, very ironically, um, just be warned if you're going to watch it that it is very difficult to watch. I Uh, could not, I actually could not watch it. I had to look away for about 15, like I wanted to do this podcast justice. So I tried as, as much as I could, but I could not, I just could not watch it. And so like, even though stars had done a really excellent warning ahead of time, I still, I almost feel like it was, it was too gratuitous and the warning was not it was a lot sufficient for yeah. what mm. we had to sit through it was too yeah. much they could I have would cut agree to her that. dream sequence instead yeah. of showing that so if they were i use it just cut to it i would agree that the warning was not enough because it was the same warning that we saw with brianna and yeah. her rape um and her rape was much less although horrifying was much less graphic than this yeah. and it cut away and it cut away and it cut away absolutely yeah. and so it just seems like this should have had a much more intense warning at yeah. the top and not the same one because this was not depicted in the same way at no. all no um, not even in the same way as like when Jamie was tortured and raped right. like, this was still more traumatizing than that yep so we are going to get into it, but just be warned that there's, it's a heavy episode and feel free to skip forward. Mm-hmm. So in the first 15 minutes of this episode, um, Claire is savagely raped and beaten by Lionel Brown and the men who abducted her from Fraser's Ridge. Um, like straight up for a very long time. Yep. Like it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And in different and ways too. It was horrible. just like. And nobody helps her. No, but that's the worst part, honestly, is like, there's not one single man in here who is going to be like, can we not maybe? And like, what, right. what is happening? No, they like all take turns. It's like this horrifying gang rape. Yeah. Where like one guy tries, he like gives her food, like half-heartedly tries, tries. Really? Like. That's like the least amount of try that anyone could do. The absolute least. Unbelievable. Because he's afraid of her. Like he thinks I'm like she's angry the right now about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah awful. It's so bad. Like, mm, it, yeah. It was just really bad. Um, Lionel threatens to take her to Brownsville to confess to the women for being Dr. Rawlings and writing the medical articles. Mm-hmm. And these scenes are, this is kind of like a WandaVision for those of you who are watching WandaVision. They were interlaced with this fantasy world where Claire sees her family safe and happy and in the 60s. Yeah. Um, They're like in this like contemporary, like modern house. Yeah, beautiful house. Absolutely gorgeous. 
um, I think it's like Thanksgiving or Christmas yeah. or like it's a I holiday. believe it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. And so she, she and Jamie are like waiting for the kids to come. It's like this whole thing. Um, and they're safe and they're happy, except for Brianna and Roger, who she imagines died in a car accident like Frank did. And it's just really, really brutal. Yeah. Um, at the Browns camp, Claire meets a fellow time traveler named Wendigo Donner who wants to go home. Um, and then back to Roger and Brianna, they actually did go through the stones, but they came back to the past a short while later because they were both thinking of home. Yeah. And I think that this was kind of a cop out because we spent we spent a lot of time last episode going through all of these goodbyes yeah. and they didn't pay off. So like what were yes. we watching all of those tearful goodbyes for mm-hmm. if Brianna Roger and Jimmy just end up back in the past? Like I don't I get that they're relying on like they were thinking of home and Fraser's right. Ridge's home, but you know what? They wouldn't have been trying to travel to a different home if Fraser's Ridge was truly their home home. Like I just, this part, this whole episode, frankly, makes me a lot of different emotions and none of them are (laughs) that positive. (laughs) And they do go back. I mean, because Jemmy apparently has like some sort of, I think it's a heart condition or he has some sort of illness where they have to go. Like they have Mm. to go to modern medicine. I don't remember which book that's supposed to happen in because these ending books really start to run together. Yeah. But yeah, they do leave. I don't remember exactly what happens with everything, but... But also, like, this is kind of an issue for what's happened before with the time traveling. Like, Claire was not thinking of home when she went to the past. Right. Like, right. That's, not, that's not how it's been shown to work in the show. Exactly. So it's a little bit confusing that, like, mm-hmm. she didn't even think that touching the stone would take her anywhere, and her home was with Frank. So yep. Great it doesn't point, really Flo. Thank Great you. Great point. So fortunately and finally, Jamie and the men of Fraser's Ridge arrive and they murder the Browns brutally and swiftly, except for Lionel, who they take for questioning. This includes Yee-ee. Roger. Again, yeah. looking hot. <laughs> it's like, throw that axe, my man. Like, I'm just saying, like, young Ian has me some sort of way. <laughs> Woo! So <clears throat> Roger ends up killing his first man, which is intense for anybody but very intense for roger who's you know like a scholarly kind of dude yep um jamie saves claire and he doesn't know what to say until he finally mirrors what he told roger after they found him hanged and he tells her you are alive you are whole and that was intense Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of course like she's not whole right like she's changed forever from this experience and it's horrifying Mm -hmm. So then Jamie takes Claire back alone. Um, and this made me really anxious. Like, like maybe not travel alone on these roads right now. Like maybe make sure yeah. that Claire has yeah. as many people as possible around her who know her and can keep her safe. It made me really anxious. Yeah, I agree. I, this was a bad call, honestly. Yeah. And then Claire asks about Marceline and the baby who are fine and Donner. And it turns out that Donner survived. So maybe we'll see him again. We would assume so. Cause they wouldn't just like introduce this time traveler guy and then not bring him back. So that's. Yeah. He's coming back. Apparently he was tied in with Stephen Bonnet though in the books. So I don't know how they're going to do that, but. Oh, interesting. Here we go. Yeah. He's looking for poor Ottertooth. He's like, oh yeah, Ottertooth. How's he doing? Claire's like, oh, you did. Yeah. He's very... <laughs> I saw his skull though. I have it. It's in my bag. Yeah. Would you like <laughs> to check it out? It's in my cabin. No big deal. I love that he kept trying to like clue her into that he was a traveler. He's like, man right. in the moon. Do you know who Ringo Starr is? And she's like, what? 
<laughs> yeah, she was out of it. She's like, I was in medical school. Okay. <laughs> I was very busy. Um, and then of course, like Claire has trouble processing her grief because Lionel is still alive. And that is until Marceline <laughs> being a badass kills him with hemlock infusion, which was awesome. I didn't yeah. take no oath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's such a G. And then finally, Claire can start truly healing and she begins doing so in Jamie's arms, her safe place. Yeah, so sweet. That, was, uh, that part was really sweet. Her body that last was quote, just destroyed. I, I get that, like, Jamie's arms are her safe place, but, like, calling the episode, like, yeah. the safe place and having all of this go on just, like, again really grinds my gears because it was the most traumatizing bit of television I've yes. ever watched. It was <laughs> Even her dream wasn't a safe space. Roger right. and Brianna were dead. Yes. And seeing Murtaugh and Joe Costa together made her like happy, but also super sad. Like, yes, is this a safe place? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. Oh, and another thing that freaking Lionel did was tell Marsley to smile. So no. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. Mm -mm. Oh, and the brother, of course, is like, oh, yeah, my brother totally reaped what he sowed, but also I'm probably going to try and kill you, too. <laughs> well, why don't we head mm -hmm. to things that we should have watched and listened for so that in case our listeners had missed it, they'll get to hear about it now. Colleen, why don't you kick us off? Yes. So the two songs that stood out in these episodes were Oh, My Darling Clementine, which is adorable and made Roger cry when Brie sings it. Yeah, uh, that was beautiful. Tore my heart up. This is an American folk ballad. It's usually credited to Percy Montrose, but there are a couple people who kind of might have written it before him. It's a pretty somber song about a man who loses his lover Clementine to drowning. And I was like, oh, bye Stephen Bonnet. <laughs> like, yeah. Drowning, Stephen Bonnet's gonna drown. Like good tie in Outlander. And then the other song, which was also super like dreamlike and somber is Never My Love which plays during Claire's vision, like it keeps playing on a loop. She puts the record on and keeps playing. It's yeah. a 1967 song by The Association. And it was a super great choice. It's, it kind of was sad, but it also made you mellow out a little bit when you went into her dream sequence. You're like, okay, it's this familiar music, probably a song she likes and associates with being safe. Mm -hmm. And so that, but then still like, ugh. They tried really hard to balance, but it was such a hard episode to do that. Yep. yep. Well, moving on to all of those Easter eggs in Claire's dream world. Um, first and foremost, we have a brightly colored abstract painting of their home inside of it. And also the house they're living in was featured on the magazine Claire looked at in an earlier episode before grabbing the romance novel. The mm. pirate, pirate romance novel. Yes. Hey, everybody oh, left there. Pirate romance novels are chef's perfect kids. perfection. <laughs> um, next, Jamie wraps Claire in a tartan blanket, which has the Fraser colors, which was really cute. Um, the orange that we see is from Claire's visit to the king in season two Paris arc, which was cool. And speaking of Paris, Claire is wearing a brilliant sh red sheath dress, calling back to her time in France and her absolutely perfect red dress like the best dress i've ever seen in my whole life absolutely mm -hmm. claire always looks so good bless you thank bless you it always looks so good like 
girl in your fantasy dreamscape, you looking good. Oh, I did yeah. like how Jamie was kind of still yeah. wearing like an outlandery outfit though. With what, the, the peasant top. Right? Yeah, he looked good though. I was like, this is fine. He looks good. Um, next we have the dragonfly toy, which harkens back to the dragonfly and amber, which was one of their kind of keepsake items that was lost at the Battle of Culloden. And then this one really got me again, the rabbit that Claire sees calls back yeah. to Jamie seeing a little bunny That's true. after the Battle of Culloden as well. So That's like, a really good one, Colleen, so that I have totally missed. So cute. One that I didn't miss that I really loved is in the series premiere of Outlander. So talk about a blast from the past, like mm -hmm. way from the beginning. Yeah. Claire admires vases through a shop window in Inverness, um, Scotland in her narration. And she reveals, quote, I wanted nothing so much in the world as to have a vase of my very own. Yeah. implying that buying one symbolized the beginning of a long and settled life mm -hmm. and in her vision in her safe place she has a lovely blue vase in her vision yeah that's so sad that like... was nice but sad it was just like a very surreal episode <laughs> yes super surreal yep and the the house the painting of fraser's ridge too kind of looked like it was on fire also yeah. so it's like yes oh that's mm. dangerous yeah, good, good point out, Colleen. That could lead to trouble down the road. Whew. Well, why don't we talk about how historically accurate Outlander was in these past episodes? Mm -hmm. Flo. Sure. All right. So first of all, I love tarot cards and I love yes, tarot reading. I do. <laughs> but let's talk about the tarot. So Marsley uses a deck of tarot cards to read hers and Roger's futures. Were these cards popular in the late 1700s? You bet. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Mm -hmm. yep. The widespread use of tarot cards for divination only took off in the late 1700s when Frenchman Jean-Baptiste Alliet. You're welcome, everybody. That I was, was gonna say, ooh. Yeah, I was like, I was gonna hold on. Let me, let me, let me hold. <laughs> like, let me butcher this. John Baptiste Alienet. There is... you go. Almost. <laughs> Alienet. Perfect. <laughs> So he ended up publishing the first definitive guide to tarot card reading and playing cards like these were thought to have originated in Egypt, but became very popular in Europe. Mm -hmm. And then of course our dude, Roger keeps getting the hanged man. So the hanged man card suggests ultimate surrender, sacrifice, or being suspended in time. I like the suspended in time yeah. part. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. It's all of it. Yeah. Poor Roger. <laughs> it's yeah. just, was not his season until the end when he got to help save Claire. All right, and then next we have the Battle of Alamance, which took place on May 16th, 1771. It was the final battle of the, it was, kind of, it was called the War of the Regulation. Not really a war per se, but what are you gonna do in the colonies? This was a rebellion in colonial North Carolina over issues of taxation and local control and was considered by some to be kind of the opening salvo of the American Revolution, which Brie does talk about right mm -hmm. before the battle and whether they should stop it because there was probably going to be another inciting incident for the american revolution but this is considered one of the bigger ones the yeah. battle was named for nearby great alamance creek though the regulators weren't exactly planning on overthrowing like the entire british government here it made people take notice more of these taxation issues that kept coming up in the still developing colonies people were like yeah hmm should we be paying taxes for the rich men to build bigger houses? 
No. Well, we have no <laughs> representation in Parliament. Like, especially when they thought they were British subjects. They're like, right. we're British. Why can't we get a vote in somewhere? Amen. Yep. yep. So there we go. And next season, I'm guessing, here we come, American Revolution. It's going to be it. Well, right, because yeah. we got all these clues about, like, Paul Revere. I was like, where is Paul Revere coming in? Definitely next season. It's happening. Sweet. Well, since this is the finale of Outlander, not just of, like, <laughs> the finale of season five, but kind of from, we, we don't know when we'll get to talk about Outlander yeah. again next. I wanted to hear your ladies, what are your final thoughts about the series as a whole? And or what was your favorite season and why? Okay, who wants to go first? I can. I think I've got a good oh. idea. Okay. <laughs> um, I overall, I, I like the series. It's not going to be my favorite series of all time, mm -hmm. but it's enjoyable. It passes the time. They are beautiful people in period costume. Like yeah. I'm pretty much going to be happy watching it. That's Even like my though, thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Period romance. I'm in. Totally yes. in. Although seasons three and four really dragged. There were some bright spots in there, but for the most part, they were inconsistent and slower. Season one is always going to be my favorite. Yeah. Just because Claire and Jamie's chemistry is insane. Yep. And then I think season five is actually up there just because of how well they handled a lot of these really difficult elements. Wow. Yeah. Since I haven't read the books, I'm not as a stickler for timeline issues and stuff like that. Although I can see why people would be like, excuse mm -hmm. me, this is like two books trying to cram two books into one season right. of television. Yep. I, I think that they, the acting really upped in season five. Like everybody was bringing it. I think Murta and Jocasta's scene together when she basically breaks up with him is one of the best acted scenes in the entire show. It That's a very good point. Yep. It was so good. Like these two actors just bringing it and slaying every single line and just like making me sob. <laughs> like this is so yeah. good. So yeah, I overall, I like it. I think it could have used a little more editing maybe in the third and fourth seasons. Although I don't see how they could do that until season five when they decided to jam two books together. So they could have done something like that in earlier seasons, but I'd say solid B plus. Although edging into A minus considering early the early two seasons and then this final season. Okay. How about you, Flo? I mean, there's no season like season one of Outlander. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and and let's be more specific. There is nothing like season one, episode seven. Is that the their wedding? wedding? The wedding. I believe I episode mean, seven is their wedding. The wedding night is it is the most perfect thing I've ever seen on my television. It is beautiful. It's romantic. It's hot as F. Yes. Um, I'm all about it. So I would say season one by far. I did love season two in Paris. I thought that was yeah. really beautiful. But I have to say my favorite quote actually comes from this season. Wow. Um, do you guys want me to read it to you? Yes, yeah. of course. Please. Okay. And I think like I need it like on a thing like in my house. But it's when Jamie and Claire are out on the porch. I think it's the season. It might be the end of last season, but I think it's this one. When Jamie says, <clears throat> when the day shall come that we do part, if my last words are not, I love you, you'll ken it was because I didn't have time. Yeah. And that it's is just like, season, yep. this season. I'm dead right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she's like, you better have time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just like, it was so foreshadowing, right? Because like, he's definitely about to go to war. Yeah. I mean, obviously he is going to like this small war, but he's about to head into a bigger war and they've been apart for so long and they had 
left each other so abruptly at that time yeah. that it's just like he didn't have time to say everything he wanted to say and it's like you guys need to have time now because yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna die so yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to season six I'm super excited about it um yeah. I think it's gonna be great American Revolution stuff is really fun. it's gonna be really good I can't wait to be back with you girls and talking about it yeah about I'm you, very, very excited <sighs> I think some of my favorite highs happened in season two because it was it was like fun and lighthearted, even though war was still supposed to be going on. I mean, the Bonnie Prince Charles was hilarious. Yes. What a hilarious actor. You believed in him, even though you believed in the character, let me say, instead of believing in his cause. And yes. he was just a total pleasure to watch. And the monkey and the costuming, everything about season two in France, I thought was top notch. I did not want to look at my phone at all. Um, I wasn't terrified to look at the screen of it being too too dark or too depressing. Right. Right. But I think there is just something total magic hour about season one. It's yeah. just it's untouchable to me. I, I wish the other seasons were, were season one, even though the characters have to age, I did want more of season one. It just like, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised, although this is why it's so great to have more than just one person, more than just one voice that season five resonated with you ladies so much, because for me, it was just like, barrage after barrage of something yeah. horrible happening that I'm just like I'm nervous and excited for season six because I I really like the show turn I don't know if you ladies yes. have had a chance to watch turn <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping that season six feels a little bit like turn because I really enjoyed turn and thought they did that time period and the costuming and all yeah. of that really really well so fingers crossed for viva the revolutions Talk That's about right. hot people in a period drama. Like, yes. dang, everybody's Wait, so hot. Wait, there's hot people? Wait, I've got to watch yeah. it then. Okay. There's hot people on turn. George Washington is is a smoke show. Like, oh, ginger smoke show. I'm like, yeah. Hey. Wait, Tio, Tio, ginger? Oh, yeah, he's a ginger. George Washington. I love gingers. Smoke Andrew Jefferson show, and Hamilton were all gingers. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, so it sounds it like right you've got to start watching Turn. Yeah, I'm starting tonight, baby. Close <laughs> head so has good. been turned. It's Ooh. so, so good. I love the bad guys on Turn. Okay. Excellent. That's actually another really good point. Since we're wrapping up Outlander now, are there any other shows that you can recommend to our viewers to watch Ooh. for something totally lighthearted, more, more teen-ish drama? But I, I love it. I love the show Rain. It's like totally, it's totally for Rain young adults, dead. but I love, I love Rain. I also really, really loved for another time piece with ex excellent costuming and a really great, strong female protagonist is The Great. It's about Catherine mm. the Great when she was very young. And I think you can find that on Netflix. I think you can find both of them on Netflix. Excellent. I mean, obviously the tutors, you can find them yes. at my house on DVD. So just come over to my house and come watch oh. them. Oh, Flo, the Tudors is Hot sublime, people. sublime. It's top, top up there. Um, trying to think of like what other period pieces I've seen lately. Um, not that many. So I'm just going to keep rewatching the Tudors. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. 
I would say that the Tudors is kind of like Outlander in that it really, really peaks super high. And yeah. as Henry gets older, I mean, the sex can't be as good. Let's right. just be honest. Yeah, once he gets when the sex is good. It is great. <laughs> yeah. oh, My man. earbuds are popping out because I'm smiling so much. That's that's the problem. That's the truth of it. Oh, man. Which ones would I say? Um, Wasn't it Hodark? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hot. Another hot, not Hobbit. He's a dwarf in the Hobbit movies. He is gorgeous. He's a dummy, but he's really gorgeous in Poldark. He's a Gryffindor to the extreme, which means hold my ale pretty much the entire freaking series. And his, the woman who plays his wife is awesome. Another ginger. She's stunning. She's like sassy. I love it. And then also North and South is really good. It might still be on Netflix. It's also a period drama set in England. And that is Richard Armitage, who is also in the Hobbit movies mm. as Thor and Orkenshield. And wow. he is smoldery AF on this series. It's like the will nice. they, won't they period um, drama. Oh, and then also the Spanish princess is mm. very good. Um, that's as the well third as, one, right? With that's White the Queen th- and third White one, princess. I think. I've seen, I've seen the White Queen which I really enjoyed. And I've seen Spanish princess. I have not seen, I think the third one is called the white princess, but I could be wrong on that. I have not yet seen that one, but the other two I can speak on and say that they are great. Excellent. Sweet. Well, I hate to end it. I hate to end it, but I think that's where we'll leave it for today. Um, to let you all know, our next project is going to be Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. We are really, really, really excited about it. It is an excellent (laughs) show, um, one that you can watch with the kids, although I'm not sure yet if we're going to have our podcast kid-friendly or not, but the show itself is definitely worth watching with the kiddos. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being with us and come back next time when we start our journey in a galaxy far, far away, but still close to our hearts. Remember that you can enjoy us in our podcast or YouTube format. Either way, please subscribe and leave us the five-star reviews because they really do help. Remember also that you can check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature. And you know what? You can also contact us through email and social media. And as always, keep telling other nerdy knights to join us because it really does help. Until next time, we'll see you in a galaxy far, far away and keep those episodes streaming. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye, everybody. Guys. Oh, man. So we good. did it. Woo, 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 woo. That was really good, ladies. <laughs>